0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Do you love boundaries or do you hate them? Or do you hate keeping them in place? Or do you wonder which ones to have? Do you find them difficult to maintain? Do you find yourself nagging or getting frustrated when your boundaries are ignored or just clean jumped over? hope you're having a good week how are you feeling about these dark evenings i know that when my husband being australian first came to live here he literally couldn't believe that any country in the world could get dark by four o'clock in the evening but he leans into it now and he i think it appeals to his pyro side he's always chopping wood or building a fire pit at every opportunity So thanks for joining me. Each week I'm going to cover all sorts of parenting topics. It doesn't matter what age your child is, it will be relevant for you. And the two things that I love to sew into is being able to raise your children with character and also being able to do that without causing disconnect in your relationship with them. How to keep those connections in good healthy shape even when you disagree. Today I'm going to chat about what a boundary is and why people sometimes struggle with them and hopefully by the end you'll have a renewed vigour for them. So a boundary is an expectation or a limitation. For example, an expectation could be that they clear their bedroom by midday on Saturday. It might not sound like a boundary because it's an expectation but it is and actually other things might even hinge on that such as We can go to the park on Saturday or you can go out with your friends or go to that party on Saturday once your room is finished. Other expectations could be the way we speak to each other in the family or homework being done on time, maybe laying the table or clearing the table after dinner, being ready for school on time. That's a big one, isn't it? Coming home on time and that gets bigger as they get older then a limitation could be on a time constraint, for example, such as a bedtime or a limit to computer time. Limitations could be around money, sweets, screen time, social time, privacy. And whatever age appropriate boundaries you'd like to have in your home will be unique to you. It will suit the culture that you're looking to set in your unique family. The problems happen when the boundaries get ignored or when they don't get set clearly enough. I heard this little quote the other day. What do you think of this? Your conversations are your relationships. If that's true, it's no wonder we hate it as parents when a conversation descends into an argument we feel like we're participating in the deterioration of one of the most important relationships in our life, our relationship with our child. And for that reason, sometimes it's easier to give in to a child rather than to keep the boundaries in place. So for this session, I'm gonna focus on the pitfalls of giving in to their wishes. Next week, we can look at the pitfalls of forcing the boundary. But as I say for today, the pitfalls of giving in. Why do we give in? Well I think it's easily done and I know I'd stick my hand in the air straight away and say I know I've done it. I mean let's say you've asked them to clear their room by midday on Saturday which was an example I used earlier and now they want to go out but the room hasn't been done. And if they're young, maybe they've got a party to go to, or if they're older, maybe there's that embarrassing situation where there's actually a friend at the door waiting for them. They have planned to hang out with them today and your boundary's been ignored, but now they want to get on and do what they want to do. You feel pressured. You know that that social thing was what they were really looking forward to. You don't wanna be the killjoy. Actually there might have been a cost involved. Maybe they were going to something that was already paid for. Maybe they're struggling in that social group and the last thing you want to do is to be the person who makes them absent on this Saturday afternoon. And worst of all you don't want them to resent you for not giving in, not letting them go. So you give in. I'm gonna share a story with you. A number of years ago, a friend of mine had the unfortunate experience of feeling she needed to tell a boy's mum, let's call the boy Bob, that Bob had been abusive towards a female. Now, I know that can happen in reverse and often does, but in this case, that was the way around it was. And my friend thought that she was doing the mum a favor so that the mum could help Bob to face the girl and do what was necessary to restore her to understand the rights and wrongs around this and and perhaps even avoid Bob doing it again or doing something that got him in in even bigger trouble. But actually, the mum said to my friend, she'd rather they just ignore this one. Please don't tell my husband, she said, because it's Bob's 18th coming up and his dad is getting him a car and that just will not pan out if you tell him about this. How does that make you feel? How would you feel if the girl in question was your daughter? Well, it's a true story and sure enough, it was all shoved under the carpet and Bob got his car. But let's look at the dynamics in that setup. The mum was afraid of disappointing her child. Now the child was 18, but that wouldn't have started when he was 18. It would go way back. It would have started over something simple like the bedroom clear-up, a packet of biscuits, the borrowed money, the chores. And actually it would have escalated to the way those two communicated with each other. And look at the subversive way that Bob's wrongs were overlooked in order to keep the peace. Keep the peace between Bob and his mum and keep the peace between Bob and his dad. But here's the thing. There's making peace and faking peace. And that's faking peace. There isn't really peace between Bob and his mum because for years she's been having to ignore her boundaries and her expectation of the relationship. So instead of expecting Bob to deliver, she hid her needs. That's not relationship. Now, I know I've offered an extreme example today, but actually it's not uncommon at all. What people will get away with as adults will be what we let them get away with as kids. How they treat people, how they honour their commitments, all starts at home. So whilst it seems kind to give in, it's actually kinder in the long run to build the muscle of good character. I could give you endless examples of situations that probably all started at the thin end of the wedge, but ended up with bigger issues. The other issue at play is that Bob will spend his life feeling afraid to go wrong. As a youngster he was afraid of the repercussions from his dad or perhaps the mum was protecting him from the repercussions from dad or maybe she just couldn't face her own disappointment when he went wrong. Maybe it felt like a reflection of her parenting so she avoided calling him out on anything. Whether your kids are toddlers, tweens, teens or more, one of the most important lessons they can learn at home is that they can go wrong and not feel ashamed. Those two do not have to go hand in hand. But in life, they seem to. It's the way we've been conditioned. Otherwise, wouldn't more people own up to being wrong in public and in private life? But no, it feels shameful and shame makes us hide. Better to convince everybody that we weren't wrong than to own it. Do you know anybody that can't go wrong? It's quite hard work, isn't it? They get defensive, they get angry, and they try to make you feel like you're in the wrong. If we were all a bit better at owning when we'd gone wrong, we would be living in an entirely different world. Do you know, a few minutes on the internet will show you how quickly we bring people down. Friends, celebrities, We even cancel people. What does that say? It says that if you go wrong, it's all over. It's too late. There's no forgiveness. There's no room for repentance, no restoration. You've blown it. It's over. And where do they pick that message up from? From very young when they were afraid of being wrong. I heard a really interesting story the other day about a chap. He'd been in prison for many years um, over a hit and run. And when he was interviewed by a newspaper, he said that the mistake was not made at the hit and run. He said, I made that mistake years and years ago when I'd borrowed my dad's watch and I dropped it. And instead of facing up to my wrong, I hid it. He said, that's where the hit and run started. And if you look further into that, I think perhaps his dad needs to take some responsibility for the fact that he made it so fearful to go wrong in that family. Or perhaps that man, that prisoner, hadn't had enough childhood experiences of going wrong and surviving it and coming out whole to make him feel like he could walk into that with integrity. So there it is. People have to live in perpetual denial of going wrong. There are lots of stories around at the moment, aren't there, where people were saying, I didn't do that, that wasn't me, and kind of the evidence is stacking up. Whereas wouldn't we have more respect for them if they just completely owned it and faced the consequences? But what a world to face consequences in. But what if our home was different? What if our children could go wrong and not lose face? Possibly even gain respect? And as life goes on, have enough self-respect and self-esteem not to feel like a total failure when they've failed at something. I mean, the world might want to make them feel wrong and a failure and that all is lost. But if our kids have grown up in an environment where they've learned that a mistake does not define them, they will learn self-esteem. So how do we help our children with this? Well, we show them that there are good choices and poor choices. And when they make a good choice, they are loved. And when they make a poor choice, they are loved. You know, somebody said to me recently, we love our children unconditionally. So we tend to sort of turn a blind eye when they get things wrong. I want to say that's not unconditional love. Because you're not making that child feel you love them regardless. You're making that child feel I love you so long as I cannot see your faults. I want to be loved faults and all. If people could only love me if they didn't see them, then I'd have to spend a lot of my life in hiding. So how do we offer that unconditional love? We make clear boundaries. We don't excuse them when they fail over the boundaries. And we love them through the challenge that that poses. The challenges on the boundary line. We set a bedtime and we stand by it. Gently, but firmly. We expect them to contribute to the chores, speak kindly, we're gentle, but we're solid about it. Letting things slide isn't really about them at all. It's actually about us being afraid that they'll threaten the relationship if we keep the boundary solid. We don't want their disapproval. But what will they learn if we keep the boundary in place? They'll learn that we're consistent They'll learn that our word is dependable. They'll learn that we love them enough to risk their disapproval in order to invest in their character. They'll learn that we love them when they go right and we love them when they go wrong. But there's another hugely important lesson that they'll learn here. They'll learn that they can put boundaries around themselves. They can have enough self-respect not to have people ride roughshod over them. They won't give away their values just to avoid disappointing someone who wants to let them down. That is healthy self-esteem. They'll learn that going wrong is an event, not an identity. They can fail but not feel like a failure. They can face their mistakes and try to put things right. It's hard to stay firm on the boundary line when a child's looking forward to something and they haven't fulfilled their part of the commitment and you need to follow through and they make you feel like you're the one who's put the kibosh on their experience. Not that it's on them because they broke the limits or expectations. It's hard to go the mile with them over building character. But that's the long game. The short game is giving in. The faking piece. What do you want? A child with character? Or a quiet life when they make a poor choice? So next time you're standing by the boundary line, loving them through a failure or a disappointment, remember that you're building a child of good character who will turn out to be an adult of good character. And just to reassure you, holding the boundary line won't be the cause of the deterioration in a parent-child relationship. In fact, in time, you'll see it's quite the reverse. Let me know how that's landed for you. I love to know what you found useful or what you would find useful. It's great to receive feedback. It's what keeps me going. It's what helps me to feel that I'm part of a group of parents who want to raise emotionally healthy children in this crazy world. If you've got the book, you'll find lots more ideas in there of how to avoid jacking up your child's amygdala. If you haven't and you'd love a full-colour, hard-backed book with parenting tools that's written so you can just pick up one page and change your day or dig into a whole chapter or the entire book, you'll love Parenting for Life. You'll find it on my website, which will also have the notes from today on if you'd like to see them in print and review it. It's called The Courageous Mama com in fact you'll find me everywhere on that i'm on instagram i'm on the blog i'm on the pod <laughs> and by email at gmail.com and the link is in the show notes below if that's easier for you so please will you do me a favor and pop to the review section of the podcast and ping me some stars and a nice comment i'd love it also if you shared this with a friend someone that you know who would find it helpful and i'll be back next week